Uh, Las Vegas has an odd collection of museums. We kind of listed some of them earlier, but you know, the Mob Museum to the Burlesque Hall of Fame. Well, now there's a new one. It's a project downtown that looks to highlight the loud, <laughs> the rowdy, the gritty world of punk rock music. Candace Charles is a punk rocker now, live at the museum site this morning. <laughs> Candace, good morning to you. He didn't do it. He can't just eat it. I'm so glad you got the singing in, John. Very proud of you. That's <laughs> <laughs> stupid punk rock. I don't, you know, I just think of it as rock and roll because that's what it is. Neighbors. All right, this is Stan with the Punk Rock Chronicles podcast here for one more edition. We've actually got some really interesting guests today, and what's really cool about this is we're, we're a huge fan of what's going on in in uh, Nevada with the Punk Rock Museum and, you know, just working, talking to Allison all the time. She uh, is introducing us to uh, some of the people involved in that um, in that museum. And so uh, we decided to bring them on to kind of get an understanding and, and I guess back behind the scenes look at what, what it takes to put on a, a museum of that caliber. So I'm just going to kind of go around. Uh, so I'm Stan. We have uh, Bob the Bastard here. Hey. We've got Chris, uh, the producer. Hello again. And then we've got Rob. What's your nickname again? Rob the Shriz. Rob, Rob Shriz. <laughs> yeah. So he's Rob Shriz. And then on the line, we have our uh, trustworthy, good friend, Allison Braun. Woo. And she gives a woo. And then we have Melanie Kay with the Punk Rock uh, Museum on the line as well. Hi there. Hello, hello. Hello. So, um, yeah, I just, I guess I just want to get into this. Uh, I, I did a post on the museum. I saw a flyer coming out and I thought it was super cool. So I posted it on our Facebook, our Punk Rock Chronicles Facebook. And we just got a huge, huge reaction. I think a few thousand likes. A ton, hundreds of, of comments, and uh, which kind of prompted me to want to do this because there seems to be some misconceptions. But uh, I guess if we could just circle back, uh, Melanie, can you just let us know what your involvement is with the museum? Sure. Um, my, I guess, uh, official title is Director of Publicity and Promotion. Nice. And what what does that that entail? Like, what do you what do you do to that well uh, one of my main focuses is uh setting up press and creating awareness worldwide about the museum nice and then how, how did you get involved with uh the punk rock museum well um i've been doing uh pr on some capacity uh since i was 15 and i'm 55 now so 40 years and um, I worked with uh, uh, a bunch of the people that are part of the collective over the years. And we just um, started talking uh, when it was initiated um, through a conversation that uh, Mike and uh, Lisa Brownlee had. And it sort of blossomed into a collective. And um, I was initially brought in 
to um, approach people about getting artifacts specifically um, in Canada because uh, that's where I'm located. But, um, you know, I've been um, doing this for a while, like I said, so I know people from all over the world and, and work with many bands that are outside of Canada. So um, I approached anyone that I felt would be interested in and, you know, would be cool to uh, take part. You know, we love Canadian punk bands. What are what were some of the bands that you uh, that you were uh, getting involved with uh, the museum? Um, no means no. Um, we've Gosh. got uh, some artifacts from them and the subhumans, the Canadian subhumans, got the uh, English subhumans as well. But um, uh, uh, DOA. SNFU, the Real Mackenzies, um, yeah, there, there's a whole bunch. Nice. Stretch nice. prices, yeah, the, the list goes on and on. Uh, Billy Talent, uh, some forty one. So yeah, there, there's Propaganda. a lot. Propaganda, yeah. Well, actually, they haven't contributed anything from uh, them themselves, yeah. but we have. Uh, from them, nice. And you know, people are gonna. Some people are gonna wait until we open and get a vibe and come and check it out. And and then I think there'll be um, an influx of people, you know, kind of uh, wanting to contribute at that time. And a lot of people were sort of stumped on, you know, what could I possibly give to a museum or donate right. or loan. And so. Yeah, I think they'll be inspired and start thinking about what they thought that could represent themselves. Nice. That's now, great. now this opens this opens officially pretty soon here, and it's a massive undertaking. It has to be a massive undertaking, trying to include every punk band under the sun. How long has this mm -hmm. been going on in preparation? Like, uh, when did this begin? Um, you know, production. We've been doing um, this for a couple of years, yeah. Melanie. Every week we've been talking. Yeah. It's like, what, two or three years now? Uh, yeah, I, it, it feels sometimes longer. But, um, yeah, I, I would say two years now is what we're going on here. It's pretty impressive for the amount of geography you've got to cover and the amount of bands and, uh, history. From, you know, and all the history. Yeah, and from what, you know, Fat Mike was quoted as saying, like, every band, every band, Every punk band who has ever been a punk band is included, you know, theoretically. That's right. So yeah. that, that's a it, massive it, undertaking. It is uh, very important to everyone involved. Nice. So you say that you guys have weekly meetings. I know, Allison, what you're, can you describe what your involvement is? Yeah, I'm, I'm uh, me and another photographer, Lisa Johnson. We are the photography consultants. And I've made my digital archives available to the museum so they can use my photography for support, for exhibits, for bands. And that gives them probably one of the largest punk rock photographic archives of the 80s at their fingertips. That's sick. Yeah, that's rad. So do you think it's going to mm -hmm. be something like where people go to the museum and there's like they could look up stuff like of your photos or how, how does, I mean, I know, understand you said exhibits and stuff like that, but 
uh, digitally? Are they going to? Is there going to be some sort of display where, like, some interactive? Yeah, yeah, something rad like kiosk or something. Yeah, like, like that. a kiosk yeah. or something. Or um, I, I remember like the nine eleven museum. I don't know if you guys have been to that one in New York. They had some interesting like like. Um, interactive type photo uh, exhibits that were digital. I don't know. I'd be rad if there was a punk rock one. <laughs> well, I don't want to, I don't want to give too much away, but we, you know, we were exploring, you know, different aspects of, you know, digital and virtual reality exhibits. Uh, we want to be able to make the stuff available for people that aren't physically there. You know, if you're in another country or another state and you want to see, you know, what's going on in the museum. We were exploring ways to make that happen. But, you know, there's, you know, a fine line between what can be done digitally and then being there and looking at the artifacts. That's, you know, museum and education, you know, are are two major components of this. It's the awareness of different eras of punk rock, the bands, the people, the fans, their stories. I mean, there's, there's a huge amount of information and we've just absolutely been overwhelmed by people giving us their collections and donating um you know musical instruments clothing stage props i don't know melanie what are some of the you know the more noteworthy things we've gotten well um we've been uh uh yeah kind of blown away like you said and you know there there's things like um uh you know, shoes from HR from Bad Brains and uh, a saxophone from Pierre and, you know... Um, uh, Whose collection of are... dildos did we end up with? Oh, God. I don't know. <laughs> uh, I blocked that one out. But, uh, yeah, there, there's, like, uh, all sorts of, instru- you know, instruments and, um, yeah, there, there's going to be uh, quite a selection. And, you know, it's uh, to highlight um, the decade uh, starting, you know, we did uh, 70s, 80s, 90s, and then, you know, two decades in the, in the 2000s. But the thing about this museum is, you know, obviously there is a huge historical component, but it's not stuck in the past. It's very much about the past, present, and future of punk rock. And it's a living, breathing museum. So um, we hope to be around for many years to come and that it'll, it'll continue to grow. Amazing. I, I have two questions. One, how did you settle on Vegas and what, did you have any other spots that you had considered? And two, was it difficult to accumulate all that memorabilia and bring it all to Vegas? <laughs> well, in regards to um, why Vegas, there's uh, a bunch of reasons. And uh, one of them is is that it's a, a hub, and so um, it's quite accessible for people to get to. And, um, you know, in terms of square footage, you know, people are like, well, why is it in the, you know, uh, Lower East Side in Manhattan? And, you know, why isn't it here or there that would seem, quote-unquote, more punk rock? But uh, we have a 12,000-square-foot building. So, I mean, my understanding of uh, real estate in New York City, as an example. Exactly what I was thinking. Yeah. I was like, yeah, a 12,000-square-foot yeah. building in uh, Manhattan? No. Yeah, it's going to be significantly. Right, the right. Punk rock so there was kiosk. a, a practical uh, element. And, you know, it, it's 
got a lot to offer and it's got a lot of museums it's got a lot of tours and you know there's sort of this umbrella of uh, all sorts of people going to that part of the world so um yeah. it made sense to us and that's and one of you the know biggest, just a few why one yeah. of the biggest annual punk rock festivals occurs there exactly so, you know. Uh, and what about yeah. the memorabilia? Was was it difficult to accumulate all this stuff and get it over there? Well, it, it's, uh, I don't know if I would use the word difficult, but it's been very time-consuming. And it's been quite uh, moving and, and uh, lots of really special moments. Um, you know, uh, Brian uh, from The Subhumans, we have his bass guitar, and it's on loan from uh, Brian's son. You know, uh, that was quite touching that it, he trusted us with his dad's face. And, and of course, we're going to um, be very honored and take great care of it. And, you know, there's been a lot of that. And um, people are genuinely excited, but it, it's a lot of details and a lot to keep um, organized and, um, you know, a lot of communication over the last couple of years but um and like i said it, it's ongoing so yeah. we're going to just accepting you know i was i was looking at your your feed on uh facebook and some of the comments on there you know a lot of them were not only about why vegas but there were a number of people that were saying it's not punk to have a museum of punk and I was I was kind of taken back by that because it isn't you know it, this isn't a museum in the sense of you go there to look at you know dead people from history and dioramas of animals. I mean you know it's it's a living breathing experience of a movement in music that continues to evolve to this day. Right. And, yeah. You know it's 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 interesting and it's exciting and we love it when people donate or loan you know the guitars of their parents or they or people can come and see you know their friends or family members neighbors teachers people from their past and their present and then hopefully you know people will look at this and they will have bands in the future that may be in there at some other day you know it's 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 for everybody i'm leery of anyone first of all who's tries to tell you what punk is anyway and and second of oh, all yeah, no. you know i mean it's just ridiculous and where do you start where do you end mm-hmm. with what's really punk or whatever and the other thing is it, it, there is an element i understand how you guys want to really focus on the past the present and the future and i love that um because it's an ever-evolving growing thing it's not something that lived and died but at mm-hmm. the same time if i go see a band like bad religion I want to hear how can hell be any worse. Am I less punk because you know that's dead gone? They recorded that decades ago. It's you know I don't know like you know there's there is a place for nostalgia within what what we listen to and what we love. It's part of the backbone of who we are and why we're here. So there is a place for a museum that honors all of that. Yeah, I don't I don't know how anyone who could be a huge just music nerd and music fan like especially like we all are uh, that I don't know how you couldn't be excited about this. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we're very excited. And and I think the thing about it also is that it connects the dots. And, you know, to your point, it hopefully will inspire people. And, you know, it, it's about um, the music and the stuff 
and the stories and all that. But it's also about uh, the ethos and, you know, the people that are involved have never opened a museum before. And so it very much um, authentically embraces the DIY ethic that, um, you know, the whole punk movement is known for. So it, it, there's a genuine, there's no smoke and mirrors or fake it till you make it kind of stuff. This is like the real deal. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, you mentioned uh, you mentioned the word collective earlier. What, mm-hmm. what exactly? How you ref, how is that um, all included into this pr- uh, project? Was it a collective? In the sense that um, you guys are all volunteers trying to make this work, or how does how does that word come in? Um, essentially, um, it was the name that um, felt like the best fit to uh, articulate how we were working together, and that it was a group of people. So you know, it started as a conversation between old friends, you know, Mike and Lisa, and a couple of friends who were sitting around and started talking about, hey, we should do this, as you do when you're hanging out with your friends. And, um, you know, it, it just kept growing. And it, it the collective is actually hundreds of people. And everyone's got a very special thing that they bring to the table. So as Allison mentioned, you know, her and Lisa have been, you know, um, doing all the photography end of it um, for, you know, since it started. And, you know, there's like uh, so many things around that topic that none of us know what the heck is involved. But we've got, you know, someone that does that. And then we have someone, you know, uh, that's got a lot of experience um, tour managing and, and putting on shows and, uh, and then we have someone that's really good at navigating Airtable, which is you know, a beast of a, a, a template to organize uh, all our artifacts. And, you know, someone that does PR, someone that does marketing. And everyone has a skill set that is unique onto themselves. And that's what they're bringing. Who, would, who initially came up with this idea and put it into motion? Uh, well, like I said, Lisa Brownlee, who yeah. um, he's done tons of tour uh, managing for tons of bands and festivals, but most people would know her um, through tour managing Warp Tour for over 25 years. And uh, um, her and Mike, you know, are really good friends. And like I said, they were sitting around with some other friends, and it was one of those, hey, what do you think of this idea? And, you know, sort of snowball. Best yes. ideas, for sure. Uh, I mean, that's, a, that's what we are, but just a bunch of friends doing this yeah. project and filming documentaries and whatnot. So, yeah, that's, that's yeah. right. That you guys are able to take take the idea, the concept, and actually make it a reality. That's that's really impressive. That's how, that's how I got involved. You know, Mike Burkett called me up and, you know, asked about my photography and you know roped me in and it was just you know through a network of knowing people and then i contacted you know other photographers and friends of mine to see if they wanted to get involved and you know it kind of became what it is now or you know we now we meet every week and we 
we talk about strategies for curating photographs and then there's another team that talks about the um, design and the curation of artifacts and you know, soon enough, people were calling me saying, I want to donate. Where do I go if I want to donate things to the museum? And it's just, you know, it's, it's like we said, the, the DIY ethos that's been the engine behind punk rock from its inception. What, um, Melanie, can you give us like a, maybe a, some sort of information or a backstory or something that's not publicly known about the, the museum, something that you've dealt with? You heard it here first. Yep, we want, a, we want an exclusive. <laughs> well, I think we've got a few ideas in the works, and we haven't shared uh, some of them uh, yet with anyone. And one of them will be um, down the road, we're definitely going to be working on uh, creating a book club. And um, we think that that would be pretty cool to have a punk rock book club. And uh, we plan to work with the local libraries in Vegas and uh, donate a bunch of books and um, create awareness. Because, you know, it, punk rock is music, but it's uh, photography, it's film, it's, um, you know, podcasts. It's, you know, so many different facets and um, books and, you know, writing it all down is, is a huge component. So uh, we want to celebrate that. That's a great idea. Punk punk books are good. About punk read? I didn't know punkers read. <laughs> well, we have a stack of books that says they do. Yeah. Right over there. Magnolia <laughs> just put out a book. From the yeah, I haven't read that yet. I just read the Adrenaline OD book, though, and that yeah. was fantastic. Nice. Uh, well, Melanie, yeah, is there anything else you want to add um, that we should know about or, or the public should know about? We should look forward to? Yeah. Well, I would suggest that uh, if you haven't checked out our website yet, it's punkrockmuseum.com, that there's all these really uh, unique and special uh, bundles that we're offering right now. And um, it's going to be something that uh, will have uh, an end date, and so they won't be available past uh, the end of this year is my assumption, but you never know. But I I would suggest checking out the punkrockmuseum.com and getting more details. And, um, yeah, and just come out to Vegas. And if you can't come out to Vegas, like Allison was saying, we're going to have a lot of online components to it so that uh, anyone in the world can check it out. Well, the uh, bundles you've unveiled so far are pretty awesome. You've got T-shirt bundles. You've got skateboard decks. You've got some really cool things that are going to um, ha- let people come away from that experience with some memorabilia and something to remember it, and that's pretty amazing. So something else to do besides the Blue Man Group. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or, or Celine Dion. So uh, uh, Melanie oh, and Allison, um, I was just sitting here reading through some comments in the Facebook post on the museum, and uh, there seems to be an, especially an interest uh, around – Whatever's going to be uh, kind of there on display regarding Gigi Allen. A <laughs> <laughs> couple funny comments. <laughs> Any petri- petrified shit? It won't be. It won't be. It won't be toilet paper. Yeah. One one guy offers a petrified Gigi Allen turd. Oh Jesus! So anyway, have you turned down anything super unusual? By the way, that's a great. That's Rob. You just made me think of that. Is there something unusual you guys have turned down? Like ah, we're not gonna. We're cool. Um, well, uh, if 
uh, someone, uh, for instance, you know, if the the lyrics are, um, you know, homophobic or transphobic or sexist or racist, or, you know, like is that sort of your uh, shtick? Yeah. Uh, we're not into. Well, that answers your yeah. DJ question, there's Robert. A fine, well, you guys, you know, there's a fine line, you know, with that. We're, you're talking about, you know, punk rockers, which, you know, first and foremost, our mission is to is to offend people, right. and we yeah. also have to we also have to balance. We're balancing a couple things, and we've actually had some lively discussions about this during our meetings. Is yeah. you know the, the culture at the time versus the culture now? Mm-hmm. And if you look at some of the things like Melanie and I witnessed when we were teenagers with response to the way people acted, it wouldn't fly now. But we don't yeah. we don't negate the experiences that we went through. One of the things that we you know are are all behind is. That if people are involved in, you know, criminal activities against women, um, against, you know, minorities over racism, that's out, regardless of what era that they're in. But we understand that there's, you know, a lot of people that went on stage during their heyday and they were dicks and people (laughs) love them for it. And we don't want to sanitize anything that we went through. However, we want to be respectful you know, to, to people that come now that don't necessarily have that witness to the past. We want to let them know it was there, but not, you know, celebrate things that are just, you know, inappropriate. Yeah. Right. That is, there is a fine line in how to explain it. Uh, I, I totally see that. So it'll be interesting how this all, yeah, how this all plays about, out. It's just about, um, you know, well, I think in one of our meetings, you said no murder or something. Yeah, I was, I was like, no, yeah, no murder. That's that's a pretty, <laughs> yeah. pretty, pretty high bar there. Yeah, no yeah. murder. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no we'll murder, no animal cruelty. <laughs> right. Yeah. But, yeah. but we look at some of the more colorful people from, you know, Gigi Allen is certainly one of them. El Duce from The Mentors is another. And HR from The Bad Brains is another colorful person with, you know, a, an interesting, you know, world outlook that a lot of people would agree with but that doesn't diminish the contributions that he made both as a person of color and a a singer in in you know in a a major musical movement yeah Yeah, as an artist so yeah Yeah. it's definitely something to navigate but um yeah it's uh something that we're uh keeping an eye on that's for sure Mm mm-hmm well, beautiful. Well, you know where to find us, Melanie. So if you need us uh, to help promote, like I, you know, like I did, I, I took that that flyer yeah. and posted it, and we were. I was pretty stoked def- to see the the interaction. So, uh, yeah, I'm definitely. Yeah, keep in touch. And uh, so, what we usually do, we're going to be calling your your buddy Vinny in a minute here, so uh, to get his perspective. But we usually uh, have our guest uh, pick a song. I don't know uh, if you have a song you'd want us to play. Yeah, I um, was thinking in honor of the H. Calandro, I think uh, with him um, sort of, um, you know, everyone's uh, sort of reeling. Yeah. Not sort of, you're gonna definitely. Make, you're going to make me cry, Melanie. Yeah. <laughs> so, and also in honor of the location, I would say Viva Las Vegas by yes. the Good Kennedy. Yeah, great choice. Right. Good yeah. choice. R.I.P.D.H. All right. Yeah, well, thank perfect. you, Melanie. We'll we'll be in touch. Thank you. Okay. Thanks so much. Take uh-huh. care. Bye bye. Bye. Thank you. Bye. 
Vegas was definitely appropriate, and rest in peace to DH, man. So I guess um, what we need to do now is bring on our second guest, which is Vinny, who is also part of the Punk Rock Museum. And uh, Vinny, how you doing? You know what? I'm doing great. I'm uh, I'm talking to you from Gainesville, Florida right now. Oh. So uh, I'll be in Vegas on a Tuesday morning. Oh, nice, nice, great. And um, I'm going to kind of let you know who's on the on the line with us in-house in our studio. So we have Bob the Bastard. Hey. We've got Chris, Mr. Producer. Hello. And then we've got Rob. The Shriz. The Shriz. I'm still trying to learn his <laughs> nickname here. His hey, Vinny. Rob Thanks for joining us. Hey, hey. And then, of course, Allison. <laughs> Hello. In the hey, Allison. <laughs> Allison is the glue that holds this whole project together. Yeah. Allison has been very, very, very helpful for some of our, our past episodes. So we're, we're really, really stoked that she's with us today. Um, so, Vinny, uh, yeah, we just got off the phone with Melanie, kind of learned her background and got an understanding of what her involvement is with the Punk Rock Museum. And I was wondering if we can kind of learn more about you and, your, and what your involvement is. You sure. I mean, uh, so about... It's, it's almost two years ago that I got a call from, from Fat Mike, and he said, hey, I'm, I'm talking to Lisa Brownlee, and we're thinking about opening a punk rock shop in Las Vegas. Are you interested in uh, you know, doing some merch and doing some limited stuff? Uh, in, in the previous band that I was in uh, was Less Than Jake, and I did all the merch for that, and that included toys and crazy limited vinyl records and everything like that. So of course I said, yeah, this is great. Uh, two days later, I get a phone call from Mike again, uh, figuring that we're going to talk about the store. Uh, he goes, Hey, 
there's going to be a store, but uh, it's going to be a surround. It, it's uh, there's going to be a museum surrounding it. So we're going to do the punk rock museum. And I was like, oh shit! And he was like, are you in? I go, yeah, hell yeah, I, I'm in. So nice. that started sort of uh, the ground zero of the last you know year and eleven months of of working almost every possible angle uh, of the museum for me from uh do i did the logo designed the logo and the website i handle the socials uh i'm heading up the photography meeting with allison braun and lisa johnson and uh all around kind of you know floating between design and some artifacts and having uh, a bunch of of meetings with some cool ass people sounds like a dream job you know what uh yeah, it, it definitely is. Uh, you know, for me, I, I uh, like everything creative. Like I had mentioned, I've done toys and I've designed comic books and, you know, did lyrics for the previous band that I was in. Uh, I, I, I love the creative outlet. So, uh, yeah, the Punk Rock Museum, that's a fucking dream job. That's awesome. Oh, that's great. Yeah, that sounds like, uh, so you're kind of like the digital media guy, along with other I, things, I, right? Yeah, along with other things, you know, and I, I for me, I uh, that's just a role that I've I've taken on uh, naturally, and I, I've pushed forward. And I, I think for me, it's you know, museum essentially is a startup, and just like any other startup, you have to wear a bunch of uh, different titles, and you you have to just kind of push into it. And that's what I've done. Do you uh, kind of envision once this thing's up and running that your your uh, your scope of work and position will kind of shift to something more, um, I guess, specific uh, as this well, thing evolves? Well, spe- specifically, my title is the CMO of the Punk Rock Museum. So uh, I, I would think once we open and we sort of bring a whole bunch of other people on board to to work uh i will settle back into just marketing and and that's fine by me because that's uh, a passion yeah you seem to have a history there i mean uh in addition to uh drumming and doing lyrics for uh less jake you also um you founded uh fueled by ramen records right and um i have i have yeah off and you, you've uh you've been pretty prolific so you understand how to work around the business a bit as well and i'm sure that came in handy here yeah yeah i mean it's, the thing for me i i, I like doing the creative side and that's that that has always come natural the business side i i worked at you know it's i started fueled by ramen uh, I handled a lot of the business for less than Jake. Uh, after I left Fuel by Ramen, I started Paper and Plastic, and that's more on a uh, the umbrella of everything creative, from comic books and graphic novels and limited vinyl records and toys and things like that. So for me, uh, the museum is, I fit comfortably in that type of startup atmosphere. You know, like just starting a business, I, I know my way around that, that, that ground zero. That's great. Yeah, that sounds like it was very helpful. You probably were instantly comfortable in this environment. That's cool. What kind of, um, what kind of uh, stuff are, are people going to see in that merch uh, store? store? Yeah. <laughs> you, you know what? I, there, there was one directive from Mike, and he says, I, I want to do things that have never been done before that are very – 
limited to the merch store. When people show up, they go, I have to buy this. Sh- I have to buy this shirt or I have to buy X thing because it's the only time I could get it. And while there'll be a component uh, of, of the web store where you could go online and get it, there's definitely going to be limited drops that are only available in the brick and mortar. So, <clears throat> so yeah, for me to answer your question, everything from frame prints from, from photographers to limited, uh, very, very limited vinyl records that uh, we're going to do under uh, the label 1422, which is the address of the museum, but it's 1422 records. And uh, we've been talking to a few bands and specifically it's very limited to uh, demos of songs that have come out or maybe not have come out or uh, incredibly uh, buried uh, and and very limited uh, releases that have come out before. So I, I could say this with with a, a very clear uh, thought on it. it it's going to be a massive undertaking of the usual, hey, we need poker chips and we need punk rock museum cards and we need uh, stickers and we need all this stuff with the logo on it because you want to show up and you want to get things with the logo, right? But uh, besides the, the logo tchotchkes and that sort of tourist niche, there's going to be a, a, a lot of limited shirts that you can only get there and limited releases when it comes to vinyl and uh, other limited merch that I, I can't necessarily name right now. But, but with that said, uh, I'm personally now leaning heavy onto books, you know, so not only photo books, but, let's say just an example of like a uh, bad religion book. Right. And uh, Keith Morris's book and, and things like that. So oh, I'm, I'm leaning heavily into and that. Some really now. great photo books. Yeah. yeah good. Some very, very cool photo books by <laughs> cool ass people like Alison Brock. And Ill- there you go. Maybe even an ill repute book. That's awesome. Yeah. You know, uh, you know, so uh, I mentioned earlier when Melanie was on the line that we actually got, um, I, I did a post on our Facebook and we got a few thousand likes and comments, got hundreds of comments. And and so, which actually prompted me to, to reach out to Allison to help us uh, put this episode on because there was a lot of like misconceptions about the museum, which I thought were kind of absurd, but I think this would be a good way to try to just kind of squash some of the the uh, there's there some negative the negativity. Yeah, and I thought it was, it was absurd. But one thing that keeps coming up is it's a Fat Mike museum, and you know there's people that don't like Fat Mike, and um, and they think he's I don't know. It, it, it kind of got like an uh, an attitude towards um, like uh, it's a pop punk. It's a Blink 182 museum. It's a you know that's you know why. Do you have any mis? Can you kind of address some of those? Um, what people are saying, like, like what, what's your opinion on those comments? Well, you know, here's the thing. You know, when people go, oh, it, it, it's only going to have that records and epitaph because that's what blah blah blah. It, you know, I'm here to say that it it literally is five decades of punk rock that will be represented in the museum. But uh, is there going to be Blink 182 mentioned? Yeah, because Blink-182 is part of the story of punk rock music, right? right. Are some people going to like that? No. 
uh, are some people only going to go see uh, the last two decades of punk rock music be represented? You know, there's some people that will, you know, but uh, the same amount that probably is going to be stoked that there's, you know, uh, California in the 80s is represented well, well represented, right? So I think that for people to think that we have a narrow view coming out of the gate, it's almost crazy to think that that we would have a 12,000 square foot building with only uh, uh, pop punk or only uh, 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 thing, things from uh, Fat Records or or uh, from the 90s. I mean, it's a shitload of space, right? But uh, and I get people wanting to, you know, shoot out a negative thing, right? Like, oh just be flippant about it. But there's a whole lot of people who put a whole lot of work into the museum to get it open, but not only put a whole lot of work into getting it open, but to make sure that there's some inclusivity to it. Everything from New York hardcore to queer core, you know, obviously there's punk rock in there. Obviously New York city is represented. Obviously, you know, uh, the seventies, you know, ground zero is represented. Obviously California is represented, Florida. but there's a whole lot of niche genres that go along with punk rock music that we've been trying to, uh, represent inside those walls, you know, and, and it's hard at times because you have to dig a little deeper and you have to go, well, people would love to see, uh, you know, something from Joe Strummer and that's cool. You could fill a building with that. But, you know, you want to have, you know, punk rock that's from uh, Poland and Russia and Mexico City. And you want to try to tell those stories, too, in, in a brief way. But you, you still want to touch on it. Right. I right. feel like it was preemptively addressed anyway by Fat Mike when he said, if you were in a punk band, you're in. It's that simple. I mean, that's a quote. Uh, I don't you know, it doesn't seem like there's a lot of uh, uh Exclude, you know, it's not a lot of. I think everyone's. It's inclusive. It's it's by that very statement. It's very inclusive. It it's the tapestry of the genre yeah. from start well, to finish. Yeah. I mean, well, till present. The, the, the crazy thing for me is that right out of the gate, Mike, you know, has a quote that's that floats around in the press release. It's that we we, we want the museum to be a punk rockers' church, like a, a mecca for people to come and be able to share the passion of punk rock with other people. And even if you're not a punker from the past, uh, you can still show up and get educated and see that there's a whole lot of people who are passionate about that type of music, right? So uh, for me, that, that statement right in there should dispel any other uh, things that people would kind of like hang uh, the problematic hat on, right? So uh, for me, always, Coming out of the gate, museum always should have not just a white male face to it because that's not what punk rock is, you yeah, know? Right. So uh, for for me, I, I want to represent everything. And, and when people walk through it, no matter who it is, they could find someone in the museum that they could relate to and go, that that's me from, from X, or that's me now, or hell i want that person to be me in the future and i, I want all of that to happen you know uh so i, I get that i get the, the venom uh because a it's online and social media people sometimes <laughs> want to shoot the shoot the, the venom out regardless yeah, yeah. uh but I, I i'm here to say that 
uh, it's not a singular lift. It's a collective lift. It's a lot of people lifting this to get to get it to where uh, it opens. But I'm going to add this to it that the Punk Rock Museum is considered a living museum. That means that just because you walk through it once and you see something, that doesn't mean that those pieces will be there forever. And it doesn't mean that it's stagnant and it's just staying there. Where even when the doors open, we're striving to get more artifacts, to add more artifacts, to add more bands that slip through the cracks or add a scene that was important that we couldn't get a hold of anybody to tell the story. Right. So for me, like it's a constant push on representing the, the uh, you know punk rock museum more and clearer as the years go on right so uh just because we are opening the doors that doesn't mean the story stops the story continues exactly so is there any type like is there a, a like a holy grail piece of memorabilia that either you guys have not collected that you want that's out there or is there something that's like that you have in there that's like just blows doors on on a lot of the stuff that you have collected so far, like that one, like almost like the Mona Lisa of, <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> you know what? It's like Mona art, Lisa. The Mona you Lisa know, of art, punk. Yeah, art, art, and artifacts both are are subjective to the to uh, the eye of the beholder, right? But for me, uh, we don't have it in possession yet, but it, it has been promised. It's Tim Armstrong's guitar. Uh, from when he was in Operation Ivy, and nice. for me, that 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 is the holy grail, right? Uh, for for a Scott punk kid who spent, yeah. you know, uh, two uh, two and uh, well, uh, you know, almost three decades worth in a Scott punk band, and and uh, that to me is something that uh, I, I when I heard about it, I did uh, backflips for, and I was super stoked, and I still am, and. When when we have it in our possession and it goes up on a wall, uh, that to me is, is the holy grail piece. You know, if you ask anyone in the collective, I'm sure everyone will have something different. But for me, that's that's it. What's yours, Allison? Uh, you'll heard it here first. I'm I'm gonna try to get Jello Biafra's belt buckle. <laughs> he knows it. he knows it yep awesome. that's 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 my that's going to be my mission nice is he not giving it up <laughs> he's not giving it up he, he's not giving it up easily we'll, but we'll start yeah, a petition. I think, yeah somebody somebody wrote once that that belt buckle could have its own instagram feed <laughs> that's, that's awesome that's great yeah, yeah. Uh, well I'm, I'm looking forward to it um i'm planning on making my pilgrimage that's great, man. I have a question uh, regarding the the location. You said square, twelve thousand square feet, and wh- where is it located? And how did you obtain that piece of uh, real estate? Well, uh, it's located right on the edge of the art district uh, in Las Vegas, uh, fourteen twenty two Western Avenue. If you want a street view, it and it's like crazy looking state when a uh, when they went by it with a camera and the, the, the crazy thing about how we got it. Uh, Mike was in Vegas looking at buildings. He was across the street. He didn't like that building, but he looked across the road and it said uh, for sale by owner, this sign of this antique small place. 
And he walked in there and said, hey, I, 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 I want to walk through here. He did, came back and said, I love this place and I want to buy it. And that, that spun uh, out from, from him being there. And then we tried to buy it for, for a, a little bit. And then uh, the owners kind of caved and said, all right. And uh, we kind of, you know, moved in from that. And in the process of, well, we've, we've torn it apart. And in the process of putting it back together right now, uh, and we're, we're, about ninety-eight percent done, I'm heading into nice. the exhibits territory. So, so Vinny, um, I, I'm sorry if if it's already been put out there, but I don't recall seeing anything about it. Um, do you all plan on having a big kind of celebration for the grand opening of the museum and a concert or anything of that sort to kind of kick everything off? Well, yeah, I mean, we're, we're going to have. Uh, some soft openings we haven't decided on. Uh, we will have a, a party that's there. And uh, it, it's really fluid on what we're going to do for the music end of it, right? Because uh, you're only allowed 300 people inside the museum at a time. So putting on a concert in there would be a bit limited. Right. Uh, so we are working on that. And probably in the next few weeks, we'll have an announcement and... Uh, a little bit more clarity on, on where it's going to go and what we're going to do. Great. Yeah, definitely keep us posted because we'll, we'll definitely share the info with, with people that follow us. So Yeah, we, yeah awesome. We're definite fans of what you guys are doing. Oh, the Punk Rock Chronicles so will be in attendance, believe me. Oh, yeah, we're going. <laughs> All right. So, uh, yeah, so what, well, one thing that we asked uh, Melanie was, is there any kind of information that isn't out there yet that uh, kind of like an exclusive, uh, you know, to this to this episode that we can share with the public that uh, maybe some sort of like behind the scenes or some sort something interesting that nobody knows about the the museum that you can share with us. Well, you know, I I, I, I talked about it briefly, and it's not really out there, but we can kind of circle back to it. Is that there'll be a record label arm of the museum it's called 1422 and it's only going to be putting out extremely limited 10 inches and specifically of demos from uh bands and uh songs that are no longer in print so uh 1422 records that's that's as as juicy as as it could get that's good information i'm looking forward to that we like you know we we really dig on a lot of labels that do that that try to archive some of the music that kind of just went away you know that nobody ever really put out um you know and they were just demos and uh it's cool that you guys are looking at it that way and and you guys are going to do some releases limited edition releases sounds really really cool um, yeah, every punk rock nerd loves a good reissue or uh, an unearthed demo. I mean, we love all that stuff. Anything that could shine light on something that maybe meant a lot to someone, but it wasn't really uh, widely known or, or you know distributed, that's awesome, too. And just, just you guys putting that out there under your own label and, um, and putting these bands back out into circulation is pretty awesome. And the fact that you're keeping punk rock alive the way you are is, is great. You know, for, for, for me, you know, going back, 
in a visual sense, right, through photos and artifacts. And, and those things tell a story, too. But like going back and finding out how to connect the dots on releases and bands and things like that, that that's equally cool, too, man. So being able to go back and go, hey, like this is the first time the song was out there. It was in a demo or maybe it was a live performance that the band did uh, of the song before they recorded it and was a little bit different. I, I like the fact that we could connect those dots in, in, in a, a uh, auditory way, you know? Yeah, yeah, definitely. And that's the kind of stuff, that, that's the juicy kind of stuff that any collector loves. So that's great. Looking forward to that. Me too. I'm, I mean, I, I am a true collector nerd when it comes to uh, vinyl variations and vinyl. So uh, I'm stoked to be a part of it. Yeah, great. Beautiful. Well, hey, uh, Benny, thank you for calling in and sharing information about this museum. And, you know, like I said, we're, we're huge fans of what you guys are doing. Um, we appreciate Allison actually getting this uh, episode together and talking to you guys has been a treat. And um, any final words you want to you want to shout out um, about the museum you know or anything in general? I, 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 a few things, really. You know, it's thank you guys for having us on, for being you know, stoked to want to amplify what we're doing out there to everyone who listens to your podcast. That's number one. Number two, I want to like say that the people that uh, I thank you really to the people that I'm working with uh, inside the museum. Right. And that, that goes from fatty Lisa Brownlee, Allison, Lisa Johnson, you know, Mona and, and go down the line of that. Uh, the, those people put their, their heart and their souls into the museum and that's fucking awesome so thank you to them uh you can catch anything any kind of news uh the punkrockmuseum.com and uh instagram facebook uh at the punk rock museum so you can check that out give us a follow great man that um i'm sure everyone's gonna gonna you know head over there and check that out for sure uh before we let you go you know the one thing we do on the show too is we love to have our guest um pick a song to go out on and it doesn't have to be uh any particular song at all by anybody any anything you want so um do you have something you might want to throw up there for us you know what my i'm, I'm gonna go with one, uh, one of my favorite bands and i'm gonna go with anything from crimp shrine yes oh great choice awesome Right on, man. Well, hey, thank you, Benny, and uh, you have a, a good rest of your evening. Hey, thank you, Benny. Thank you so much. Cheers, man. Yeah.
Another day by Crimp Shrine. Um, yeah, I like those uh, bands from the what is it, the Bay Area? Yeah, East Bay. Yeah, East Bay. Like uh, East Bay early Lookout Records. Is that like scene. late eighties um, Gilman Street kind of stuff? Yeah, definitely. That era. That's Crop Ivy. The Chet EP. I love that that Chet EP. And Nausea, they came out of there, right? Oh yeah, I'm a fan. That's all right. it. Guys, thank you all for tuning in. Stan, thanks for uh, setting this up with Allison. This was great. And uh, Chris, as usual, our super producer. And Rob, thank you for coming on. Yes, sir. All right, man. So, uh, all right, guys. So, till next time. All right. Thanks, all right. everyone. Um, take us out with a song. Oh, yeah. Um, hmm. Who wants to be the one? Uh, you know, I haven't chosen a song in a while. Yeah, you haven't. So. Oh, Stan's going deep into the archives. Uh-huh. I like it. We already had kind of a cool one that Crimp Shrine that, that we haven't had. That that was a little out of the out of the ordinary yeah. for us. I like that. That was a good choice. Uh, Stalag thirteen, clean up your act. Okay. Stalag oh, thirteen. That, that would that would clean hit home. up your act. That would hit home for me. Right on. Let's do it.